podcast here on the PWOM podcast network. I am your host selector Jeffrey Wessel. You can find me at Strong Style Story without the E in style on Twitter. The blog is at strongstylestory.tumblr.com and with me today after a 2-month absence between the two of us once again, please welcome to the show Chris Damaseno. Chris, how are you? Well, it's been an interesting mini vacation that we decided to take, but we're back at this point because there have been enough things that have happened and we're in a much better place to talk about them than we would have been, say, two months ago. So I'm excited to do this. You know, this has been one of the most interesting and maddening uh, couple of months in, um, in, in, in us doing New Japan know blogging and 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 podcasting and all that it's been it's been wild it's been some wild shit yeah i feel worse for you because you still kept up with the blog accordingly i just told you specifically under no specific instructions wake me up when osprey's title reign ends and lo and behold so i mean let's face it you you probably would if osprey had stuck around you probably wouldn't have avoided the show that long let's be honest but at the same time yeah i i I really don't know how many people how, how many of you fine listeners out there actually do listen or read the blog but god damn it god damn it i've been writing a lot i have been writing a lot lately and and unfortunately the big thing too is that the not just new japan pro wrestling but the actual country of japan in and of itself has given you plenty to go on about and i think before we even tackle stuff like dominion the Dontaku tour everything in between i think the situation in japan is something that we should talk about because that's been a lot of sort of what we've seen in terms of the shows that have been run a bit of delays that we've had, some shows that have been postponed for an unforeseeable amount of time. It all kind of comes down to what Japan's been doing with their COVID situation, which is, to say the least, not been very good. It's not great. It is not great. And if you have been reading the blog, you've been noticing I have been spending a, a, a lot of time reporting on just basically reporting and regurgitating news items regarding, you know, this now third state of emergency that has now already been extended twice. Um, The fact that Japan has one of the lowest industrialized nation um, vaccination rates. It it was like shockingly low, like 1% at one point. Um, you know, there, there is, you know, a, a massive, massive outcry 
in Japan against holding the Olympics, but the the International Olympic Committee, the IOC, has really dug its heels in, and they're saying, you know, we, we don't give a shit if Japan is still under a state of emergency. We are going forward with this. Which just goes to show you altogether how not seriously anyone on the planet should take the IOC, as a matter of fact. Maybe until some changes happen on that front of defense, people should start maybe boycotting these Olympics more often. Because, yeah, it's unacceptable behavior, like the sort of shit that they do and that they get away with when setting up these events. Like, Rio, for example, still hasn't recovered from it all those years ago when they held it. That much is for certain, so... I tell you what, this pandemic. One thing this pandemic really has done is shown a light on just how absolutely shit-tastic this 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 post you know this late stage capitalist, uh, very close to absolute fascist society has gone. You know. Yeah, it's been ugly to say that a lot of the ugly side of humanity has been shown over these last. 18 or so months and it's been shown very publicly at that to where very publicly ideally yeah exactly ideally going forward we try to change this up but you just don't know at this point i think it's too early to tell unfortunately and i think it's gonna get worse in certain aspects before it gets better and this situation in japan has been a prime example of that i know that from what I've been reading specifically, that they finally have approved other vaccinations outside of Pfizer. So that should ideally, hopefully, increase the amount for, you know, uh, the Japanese people to be able to get themselves vaccinated. Yes, they, and the yes, they, they did. They did approve um, the Pfizer and AstraZeneca. Okay, vaccines. so that's what it was. Pfizer yeah. and AstraZeneca. Okay. I thought the Pfizer had already been approved, but just not the Moderna and then the AstraZeneca. Uh, Forget the name of it, but I'm assuming Astro... What, AstraZeneca. Zeneca, thank you. AstraZeneca, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, there's just been a, a, a lot going on, and I've done my best to, to try to keep up with it and, and try to keep it, you know, in line, you know, and, and try to keep it on topic with New Japan, although you will have noted, of course, as well, Chris, that I have also, you know been mentioning other promotions too on the blog lately yeah, because because def- you you kind of have to at this point mm-hmm. it affects the entire scene there that's the thing it's not just new japan that's being affected by the state of emergencies and when they can run shows and what areas are the state of emergency in japan being extended to other promotions like the dragon gates all japan's noah's ddt's of the world they're being affected yeah. by this as well big japan stardom um started Ga- uh, gaia well, yeah gaia was supposed to come back and they had to postpone their show you know yeah i i, I think a lot of the the postponings though have been individual venues are are refusing shows because I, I think at this point we can we could pretty well say the Tokyo Oda Ward Gymnasium is not allowing shows right now. Because mm-hmm. because they've put off New Japan, they've put off All Japan had a major show that got rescheduled and then um you know Noah was supposed to have their Misawa tribute show that they moved to the next day at Corican Hall because Corican Hall has continued to run. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and Basement Monstar and Shinjuku Face and, and Shinkiba First Ring. 
Um, it looks like um, Hachioji, Esforta Arena Hachioji, they were supposed to run a, uh, a show there, and that didn't happen. Because, I, right. again, mm-hmm. I don't think that the venue al- is allowing it. And, yeah, and, and and that's the sad thing is that it's come a lot of this is I mean these are all I mean uh, as the state of emergency gets expanded, it seems like it's now coming down to the individual venues to cancel shows rather than it being an actual order from the state. Yeah, and that's I think been just from and I guess we should f- for sort of explain this more as this is our perspective. Uh, an outsider's take on what's going on from what we can see there. We don't live within Japan. We don't know the specifics that are going on like as a local. But I think from just what we do see and what we read about is that their state of emergency is being more so of a, hey, just practice it whenever you can situation. Just feels very, not only lackadaisical in effort, but also counterproductive. What yeah, kind of I mean, a global right. pandemic. It, it, it seems like it's just been a vague suggestion more than anything, because you know, even you know the the uh, the the first deadline for the for the state of emergency was happening until three days into the uh, the May Sumo Basho. Mm-hmm. So there was you know there was no crowds that in, in Ryogoku those days, and then. After that, yeah, there was there were crowd. Yeah, there were still limits, but there was a crowd for sumo for the rest yeah. of the Bosch for 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 twelve out of the fifteen days. And of course, you know now we've had you know some scandals. You know, two scandals come up at the same time now in Japan in in sumo. Um, you know, Ozeki Asanoyama has now been banned for six tournaments, so that's a year's ban. Uh, docked 50% of his salary and he will be bust down to like four whole divisions from this. And this was, and this, and this was a guy, and this was a guy that they were hoping to make the face of sumo in the 2020s, you know, just one of those circumstances where certain fields are policing themselves better than others. Uh, But again, it's just that lack of, full-fledged commitment to it and just it being, oh, it's more of an optional situation. You know, it's bad enough when the United States State Department, given everything that happened with COVID-19 in the year 2020 within the United States, when they are at that point where they're saying that, you know, they that at one point they had a do not travel advisory to Japan because of the whole situation there, Right. That and, alone tells you something of how bad the situation has been. Yeah. Now they there, they have say. they have lowered lower that. Yes. They have lowered mm-hmm. it now, but it's still there's still a you know there's still a kind of a warning though you know. Right. Because yeah, now it's, it's a just... high level of COVID nineteen rather than very high level, which is when it hit the do not travel. Right. Yeah. It, but, it's still bad, nonetheless. Right. But... but even then, I mean, there were reports, you know. That you know, public parks have been reopening to the public. Tokyo nightlife is still as bustling as ever. Even well, though, yeah, Kabukicho even, is not going to stop, regardless. Yeah, it, it's just. I mean, they're going to keep open. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah, but I mean, even though the state of emergency is ordering places to be closed at eight p.m., but they're not putting any authority behind it. Of course, they're not, and again, that's part of the problem. There, just 
And, and the other thing too is that there might not be any legal standing specifically for them to do so unless it's coming, I think, from probably the main, uh, the diet faction there, just from like a federal perspective rather than just being oh just local ordinances and the like yeah. which so a as we record the, the the latest the latest uh extension to the state of emergency is supposed to end on the 20th of june we'll see what happens next because i don't think there has been any appreciable decrease in covid cases at this point to my knowledge Mm, yeah, I haven't seen anything regarding it either. But. So, yeah, it, it, so that's been a lot of, and of course, all this is prologue to, you know, what we've been experiencing for the last month in New Japan. And by the way, Chris, I just want to point out, do you realize that this is a year to the day that you and I got together to do our first post-lockdown episode of this show when New Japan announced that they were coming back. Right, yeah. I, From what I was recalling, just when you mentioned we wanted to, you wanted to record this week, and I was thinking, yeah, that seems right about the same timing as we did the first episode after the string of small history episodes while New Japan wasn't running any shows, and then they made the announcement in question. So yeah. funny how timing ends up working in these circumstances sometimes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and we did that. And, of course, if you missed, uh, we I kind of brought back Strong Style History a little bit uh, a couple weeks ago uh, when I teamed up with the, the fine gentleman at uh, Days of Thunder, and we went over the uh, Collision in Korea uh, both the show and, and the Dark Side of the Ring episode. And uh, mm -hmm. I, I'm not going to litigate anything here from that, but of course, uh, please find it on the PWOM Podcast Network um, because I, I, I really am actually pretty proud of that episode. If I, if I may yeah, say it was so. a good, it was, it, it was a good one just in terms of covering what Dark Side of the Ring went over as well as the actual <laughs> or, card or, or itself what, they or what we saw. Or what they yeah, didn't what they go did. over in, in some cases. Yeah. More, more specifically, what they didn't go over because, you know, if Eric Bishop's lips are moving nine times out of ten, that means he's lying. So, yeah, the, yeah, there, there's a lot of Bischoff bullshit you, you got to sift through here. So, but uh, anyway, uh, but I mean, it, it was fun talking old New Japan again. It, it really was. And I mean, I hope to do it more often, uh, but let, let's talk about the more recent past because. It seems as if all hell, I mean, we, we don't have to really discuss the the Dontaku tour itself because it seems like the flashpoint of it was the actual Don, wrestling Dontaku shows on May 3rd and 4th from Fukuoka. Mm -hmm. And it all started after the May, the May 1st show because that's when Kazushika Okada came onto the tour. Right. And Which we should preface the fact that a couple of days prior or basically around that same timeline itself, we did get reports that uh, there were some infections, uh, some positive results on the New Japan roster side of defense. And we found out that a couple of the guys that did get it, who announced it themselves, were people like Kazuchika Okada. Taichi, El Desperado was well, I believe. Right. So, uh, no, 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 no. That, that announcement didn't come out until the, the second day, until the fourth. The second day. What, what happened right. was, okay, so what happened was on May 3rd, of course, the first night of wrestling Dontaku, there was a six-man tag match. 
and I'm, I'm bringing up the, the <laughs> I had to go find that result now. Uh, but it was basically, it was Kazushika Okada, Sho, and Yo versus Minoru Suzuki, El Desperado, and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. Uh, the next day, all six of them were removed from the second night on the fourth, including an IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion match got struck from, mm-hmm. from that show. Um, right, yeah. And because there were reports that two wrestlers had fever that day and so yeah that that was a pretty scary thing and then within a day or two we found out that those fevers ended up those two fevers ended up being becoming positive covid cases so we already had two and then we found out about an additional seven uh we don't know the identities of some of them two of those have been revealed through hearsay and we'll get into that here shortly. Uh, but uh, for what it's worth, Kazushka Okada and Taiichi both publicly cop to um, being positive, which is fine. You know what? It, it's nothing to be ashamed of at this point. Yeah. It's a global pandemic. The odds are against you, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not a situation where it they blatantly went with the intention of getting or, or that they're you know being COVID deniers or anything like that it's just a situation where even if you're vaccinated and such you you can still catch it it's just you're not going to infect anybody else in that situation the right odds are with, and, and, a vaccine and, and we saw and we heard of plenty of cases during peak covid where people were doing their absolute best they were wearing masks they were social distancing they were wearing gloves using hand sanitizer only going out to like grab food and bring it home and all this shit and they were still getting infected because it, because it's a goddamn pandemic you know that's what it turned out as so it's no shame no shame whatsoever in them yeah. coming through and telling as much if anything i appreciate the candidness in regards of just letting us know that yeah this happened that's the reason why i was gone i'm better now uh thank you for supporting me kind of thing yeah so so kazushka okada incidentally got addicted to korean dramas whilst uh, taichi spent his uh quarantine uh on his ps5 apparently so on brand for both of them surprisingly. It, it sounds I, like it yes I, I i wouldn't be shocked for a second if it was um Okada's wife that decided to introduce him to the world of K-dramas, well, and then he just got addicted to them. Yeah, I wouldn't for, be surprised if that was the case. And for what it's worth, uh, uh, Okada's wife, uh, Mimura Suzuko, uh, did quarantine elsewhere during this time. So mm-hmm. Makes sense, yeah. So, I mean, we, we just got, I, I haven't heard her, her positive or negative status. You know, really, it's none of my business if she doesn't want to reveal it, but, you know, whatever the case. Um, so with that in mind, there were allegedly two others that, um, revealed a COVID, a a positive, uh, diagnosis, but that was hearsay. And the reason why I say that is the, the, the hearsay comes from a podcast interview with Fit Finley, uh, David Finley's father. He said on that show, and I, I, I am basically repeating what he said, not stating it as fact, but what he said was uh, both David Finley and Jay White uh, also tested positive. Um, neither of them have been back. 
um, since right. then. Um, allegedly, they were being forced to quarantine at the New Japan Dojo. I don't know the veracity of that. Um, but also, you know, between this and so we already have we have a COVID outbreak in New Japan. You know, the 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 promotion that was touting itself as being you know the 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 you know trying to do the the best they could for for safe um you know you know being safe for their audiences and 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 their wrestlers doing you know what they could they were the last promotion to really come back in Japan mm-hmm. and all that but you know again shit happens you know yeah the the the, the, bu- the bubble it, works until it, it the bubble works until it's it compromised doesn't. yeah yeah, and to their credit, that bubble was, for all intents and purposes and what we know, it was kept, you know, concealed, tightly knit, no reports of cases or anything like that. But if it broke, then yeah, it breaks. Just, you know, retool accordingly and take the proper ordinances to prevent something like this from happening again. And, of course, that's the fear that something like this could happen again still. Right. Now, I I am going to note something here, is that the positive cases were discovered in Fukuoka. Um, The state of emergency was then, it was coincidentally extended into Fukuoka shortly after this announcement, and then wrestlers in another company ended up testing positive in Fukuoka. Mm -hmm. Namely... Um, namely Ben K and uh, possibly we never heard, but possibly Dragon Daya, uh, both of Dragon Gate, <laughs> and, uh, and and Naruki Doi was pulled as well. Uh, so Ben K and Naruki Doi both pulled from the King of Gate tournament because those two wrestled each other on the first night, which was a closed door show, by the way. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, so it, it wasn't. You know, it, it, it wasn't, it's coincidental, of course. But it's not just New Japan having these issues, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's, yeah, like we said, it's affecting the ecosystem there it, it's altogether. Affecting, it's affecting everything. But then if we throw in the, the, the utter chaos that occurred because um, the, the utter chaos that occurred because Will Ospreay, on the 22nd of May, um, he relinquished the IWGP World Heavyweight title. And, mm-hmm. oh God, did the Twitter, did, oh God, did the wrestling, the internet wrestling ecosphere go into meltdown mode. And I think now that we've had about a, a, a month's worth of, of time to... to you really examine yourself. Y'all motherfuckers are tripping, is what I'm going to preface this with. And you know what? I, I, I don't give a shit who, who, who we lose as a friend because of this at this point. By the way, I was wrong. It was the Moderna vaccine that got approved along with the AstraZeneca. Okay. They, they already had no. the Pfizer. I, I got my okay. shit flipped. All, all good. Right. No, you had, a, you had a flipped all good. But yeah. no, it's... The whole situation is, it's interesting to Jeff and I in particular because a lot of the very spicy rumors that were floating around for a good two, three days behind the paywall uh, 
in a group chat that we have with certain friends that shall remain nameless for the sake of, you know, uh, privacy and the like, uh, were telling us about these specific bits of news that were coming out and just all this case of sources say that, you know, there's, you know, mutiny about to happen in the locker room regarding the foreigners and stuff like that. Um, to the point where I think even Tamatanga at one point had to kind of go on his own Twitch channel and say, y'all motherfuckers just need to calm the shit down here. Like, come on, it's not anything as bad as it's being made out to be. And I get that there might be some frustrations with being told that you have to quarantine in a certain place when you just want to go back home for a couple of those guys. But if there was a mutiny of any kind involving the guy Jin that was going to happen within that locker room, it would have already happened at this point. Well, like, and, it would have been done, done with completely. And, and the one thing, just... and the one thing I'm going to admit is that the length of time it took New Japan to finally shit or get off the pot as to whether or not the rest of the road to Russell Grand Slam shows that, you know, a road to tour that suddenly had no show, no big shows to go be on a road to because both of mm-hmm. those got canceled very early into the state of emergency. And by the way, that wasn't the only Tokyo Dome event that got canceled because uh, Ryzen had a card at the Tokyo Dome book too. And that got mm-hmm. postponed. You know, the, the MMA promotion. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, um, you know, th- there, was, there was a lot of, uh, of rumor and speculation going around behind paywalls masquerading as, as absolute fact is what I'm getting at here. And Which, hey, you know what? I hope the money is worth it, boys, because holy fuck. There, like, there were a lot of people I was losing a lot of respect for during this whole debacle. That, you know, just, oh my oh my god, the you know, New Japan Pro Wrestling is going to go under any second now because you know, because you know, because the the, the foreign wrestlers are unhappy with them. Okay. Um, you know that we have gone through Exoduses before. <laughs> you know? This is not our first rodeo into exoduses of even any in, kind. Even in the history, even in in the long, you know, as long as this podcast and blog have been around, this is not our first rodeo with this. Not even close. And look, I definitely do believe that Osprey probably did fuck up his neck during that tour enough to where he decided that he needed to relinquish the title and go home because with being an English citizen, he does have the NHS there, which does provide him with, you know, stuff like free healthcare and probably a much better set of options than what Japan probably would have given him. Yeah, yeah, because, so I get him yeah, going because Japan, yeah, Japan's, Japan's healthcare system is modeled on ours and ours is a fucking train wreck, as I think we all know. <laughs> it, it, it's a mess, so um, I, I get I get that. Yeah, so, yeah, Will Osprey, as a citizen of the Commonwealth, would probably have been in a much better situation to go about um, to, to go about getting the care he needs in Britain. But this exploded into, you know, speculation about his personal life, his mental health, and all sorts of other shit. And we know that Will Ospreay is a scumbag. And even if we don't know that he's a scumbag, we know he's a fucking moron because all you have to do is take one look at his Twitter account and know he's a fucking moron. 
But Will Ospreay is allowed his mental health, too. You know? Yeah. It's one of those things, yeah, he can be a scumbag and a douche gun in every way, shape, and form of the word, but if it's his decision to go to his home country to get himself treated for his neck and then come back to pretty much make some of us miserable whenever, that that is his prerogative. So Yeah, I mean, but I mean, again... Just so much was going on. Oh, you know, including you know speculation into his personal life that he and and B Priestley had split up. Which Osprey had posted a statement denying that, but by the time I, I went to go blog about it, it was offline. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's, it's I don't know. Circum- <laughs> it's also a circumstance where even if we dislike both of them. Like, that's none of our business to begin with, unless they decide to put that information out in public. Yeah, that's none of our fucking business to begin with. So why are we speculating on that? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that particular part, I mean, and, and there is, by the way, there is a marked difference between speculating about, you know, what happened between Tamaki Hanma and Kyoko Ichiki because Kyoko Ichiki is the one who went to the media to start that mm-hmm. one. Yeah. So at that point, it's fair comment. You know? Because <laughs> so it, it, it is public knowledge at that point, and there is a discourse that comes with that, but there was no prior statement from either Will Osprey or B. Priestley, as far as we know, saying that, hey, we've broken up because of these sets of differences. Please respect our privacy at this time kind of thing. None yeah. of that happened during that time. And, so. and one thing I can... I can definitely tell is because around the time that this was all going on, if you looked at Will Osprey's Twitter, he seemed a lot more concerned about Hanakamura at that point. Because we were Which, coming we were coming up on the anniversary of that. Mm-hmm. 100%, and yeah. I, I think it's fair to say that was that did actually affect him in a very great way. Even though he would later use her death as a shield for his own failings but you know the the fact that matter, you know the fact yeah, of the matter think, is it did affect him greatly i think yeah i do think he's just again it's another example of him being a moron on social media and using that to like the flag from his own shitty behavior but i do think that somewhere in there there is the oh fuck yeah this is someone that i knew for a while while living here that i was friends with that killed herself a year ago and just and that affecting his mental state accordingly yeah, so you know, like and, even with my bias towards Will Ospreay, I can at least acknowledge the fact that yeah, this might have played a hand into like some of his behavior over the last month or so. Yeah, and you know, and, and thankfully, the, the the good news is the good news is that New Japan has just moved on. We we we've moved on now, and I think that's good creatively because i will note that the second that all that happened and we got our you know we knew what the situation was basically and so therefore creatively they were able to draw a line under it and and we are where we are now which uh chris why don't you let us know where we are now so yeah this leads us specifically into the dominion show on june 6th at Osaka Jahal, which did happen. So a couple of matches that happened there, some specific setups for the six-man comedy scene with uh, eventual uh, Taiji, I believe it's Taiji Shimori, Evil, and Dick Togo 
being guys that are going to be challenging for the six-man belts at one point. Which, by the Either way, Chase Owens or Ichimori, whichever one of those it is, it, but it, they're challenging the six-man teams. Yeah, which, by, you know, actually, it's, uh, it, it's Yujiro. In Yujiro, Yujiro, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. Excuse me. Which, by the way, congratulations to Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, and Yoshihashi. Um, they now are the record holders for for the comedy titles at five you defenses. Know what? I, Good I for that. to them Good for at that. the very least making this a title that hasn't been hot for a title that's been hot potatoed for most of its existence. Having a string of consistent champions has been. A decent thing, and their last couple of defenses have actually been good matches too. So yeah, good to the three of them actually. Kudos to Yoshihashi making something of himself in 2021. Like, jeez. I mean, even it, if I don't like the guy specifically, he's been working pretty hard. He's so. been he's been doing work, and you know the thing is, is that, um, you know, there's been a lot of low key, really good fucking feuds, even though mm-hmm. creatively overall in the main event scene. New Japan has not been great. Um, yeah, there have been uh, some low-key, some great fucking feuds happening in 2021. For example, uh, the the United Empire against Tenkoji. I thought was fantastic. Yeah, I loved that. That, that. that has been great. And while it did uh, drag on for a while, I do think that the final set of matches that they had between God and Dangerous Techers at the very least, delivered accordingly. And it's good to see Taichi and Zach with those uh, heavyweight tag titles back, especially now as they're going into a program with Tetsuya Naito and Sonata as well, too. It seems you know, like they're I, setting up for that I, down the line. That's going to be pretty fun. I got to say, I actually like, I, I am one of the few, but I actually liked the ladder match from, from yeah, the first I night of Don Taco. I thought it was I, okay. I enjoyed the ladder match. Yeah, I thought... The ladder match, the Zack match against uh, uh, Tangaloa was pretty decent as well. And then the tag title match that eventually led to the Tackers winning it again was a very good moment for those two. And a very good moment for Miho Abe as well, finally coming back for the first time in a year plus right, to be but, in their corner. Right, but also I, I love the, the ladder match because it finally drew a line under Takashi Izuka too, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It, it, it drew a line over the the iron finger. I'm telling you, uh, dangerous techers are doing a soft uh, face turn here. It, it's a really soft face turn, you mm-hmm. know. They're very yeah. They're very much at this point. They uh, weirdly enough, uh, hot tag Taichi is hot to say the least. Like that man just comes in and like it, it's it's been something else to see that that evolution for sure in in that regard um i did enjoy uh el desperado and yo as well in their singles match i thought that it might have not been like either of their best mat- match uh, singles matches against other people in the like but i think that it's a good defense for despy to finally get that first junior defense after a couple of delays yeah uh, and just move on to some other things which cool yeah, uh, and then Jeff Cobb over delivered, by the way, like fantastic 20 minute match between them. Yeah, that that one that one I did over deliver. It really didn't need to be as as good as it was. But then um, the main event of Dominion this past Monday, which again, you know, it was Dominion six, six. It got moved to six, seven because of the state of emergency, allegedly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I'm going to note again, I thought on paper this card, this card was not great. 
Um, but again, we've been here before when on paper the card isn't great, but when they actually hold the, the show, the workers go and deliver. Yeah. yeah. Um, our boy, our, 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 our sure to be three time winner of our, 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 our best wrestler in New Japan for 2021, in which he's going to be, re, he's going to be retired from this competition soon. <laughs> I, I think we're just gonna. I think we're just gonna rename the award at this point. Yeah, uh, we'll, by the end of twenty twenty one, we'll be able to tackle this one more properly. But yeah, uh, we have a vacated uh, world heavyweight title. So Kazuchika Okada, who was set to face the winner of Osprey and Shingo Takagi originally at Wrestle Grand, Grand Slam in the Tokyo Dome, he is in this match, and then Shingo Takagi kind of gets. A weird end to into this one with Osprey's uh, neck injury and vacate vacating the title, and he makes good on it at Osaka Jahal. Thirty six minutes gets uh, Okada with Last of the Dragon, and he is the third IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. Um, he's back at the top again, just like he's done in about every company that he's been in. Now, which... now, Chris, uh, true or false? Uh, Shingo Takagi is no stranger to being the company's top champion. Not at all. He has been an open. Uh, he's been a, a, cha- a top champion in Dragon Gate before in the past. In fact, he's owed quite a few world title shots across the border. If you think about it, uh, from his little freelancer campaign in 2018, whether that is the All Japan Pro Wrestling's Triple Crown or even Pro Wrestling Gorilla's World Heavyweight Title. Yeah, Shingo Takagi. Has been the one of the best wrestlers in in the world for the last three years. <laughs> I mean, let, let's. I also, yeah, I also do find it hilarious that in an age where a couple of these top guys in New Japan, uh, like Shingo, uh, Kota Ibushi, Tetsuya Naito, and such, that they're around that same age range in their upper thirties, Shingo's the only one who completely recognizes that. Yeah. Uh, I'm in my upper 30s at this point. My body may fall down on me at any given second, so I gotta make the most of it while Ibushi and I were completely oblivious to the fact and just do what they do. It's it's comedic. There's a certain comedic effect to it, but also I think it makes uh, the importance of Shingo winning something like this now all that much more essential because, yeah, if it was a situation where Okada won this. Yeah, I wouldn't be so sure if Shingo ever got to this level again outside of another challenger to it. Could have been very much another Hiroki Goto type situation here. But you know what? It, this is fine. This is absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. Shingo being the guy, do it. <laughs> Let's do it. He has been consistently New Japan's best wrestler since he came in. Bar none. Yeah. You know, it, it, if it weren't for the pandemic... If it weren't for the pandemic, John Moxley might have challenged that, you know. Mm-hmm. But you know, God bless him. I, I mean, he he goes hard every match. He, he, I mean, he even he even elevated Yujiro Takahashi to a two and a half star match, <laughs> you know, for God's sake. And Yujiro at this point is very much at the stage of his career where he'll rarely go all out because at this point he knows his role in the lower card. He'll get his spots in, he'll work some tags here and there, but he's not 
at that same level in the early kind of 2010s where people were expecting him to be one of the key players in the company initially. Yeah. So it's just, I mean, it's fine. If he wants to go half speed for the rest of his career and maintain himself for another 10 to 15 years, you know what? Fucking do it. It's not like the company is going to fire you for it as far as I know. So, but yeah, it's that's the thing. Shingo Takagi elevates those that are around them. And I think that's an excellent quality to have in a champion and especially in a champion carrying a new title that hasn't had the best track record, which is why I'm not willing to go, oh, Gato is completely and utterly forgiven for his sins and stuff because he managed to somehow within three months make a Kota Ibushi ring look lame as all hell and make people in the internet think that Kota just lost it or something like that. So there's limitations to that. Yeah, I'm not even sure if Gato is... We haven't actually been sure for quite some time if Gato is actually the one still fully in charge of the of the booking at this point. Because I think I've heard reports that Dick Togo has a lot of booking uh, say-so lately, too. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I mean, it, we, we haven't... I mean, the, 2021 New Japan hasn't been fully fully hasn't been fully rescued yet there are some really positive signs that they may be turning the corner though and mm-hmm. you know shingo getting the bell i think definitely is one of them mm-hmm. um now you know the thing is is that what what this title now needs actually is a really good solid reign the problem is of course is that for uh, historically first iwgp title reigns are not that anything to write yeah. home about. I, d- I definitely get that. And I do think that this is why this needs to be the exception to that rule on the basis that, as we've talked about, Shingo is a guy that can elevate his opponents. Uh, and who's oppo- and the, opponents are, the opponents are nothing to write home about by any means. Like, we're already are in the know that the first defense is going to be against Kota Ibushi after a post-match challenge was yeah, laid down which is from fine. the champion himself. No, which is yeah, fine. Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense. The first champion being able to challenge back finally for a title. He's sort of that he lost arguably in a booking fluke, to be honest. And just, But when you consider that your first champion that you crown after a unification process that was very much reviled in every way and... You replace a championship belt that was nearly perfect with a title that it's not as terrible as the internet makes it out to be, but it does look like something more out of a tokusatsu kind of series, like a belt that you'd see worn by a character in that rather than an actual like wrestling championship belt. You know, you I th- argue. I, uh, I, I, you know, I don't know if we ever actually discussed this on air. But I mean, I, I'm of the. I mean, I've gotten used to it now, which is I think what everybody's going to do. We're just going to get used mm-hmm. to it. As a title belt, it looks fine. As a replacement mm-hmm. for the fourth generation IWGP belt, yeah, exactly. It's never going to work. That, you know. Yeah, I think that that for you and I specifically, that was just the main issue: the replacement of the fourth gen belt with that. And we feel it's a downgrade but it's not a terrible-looking title by any stretch of the imagination. We yeah. have seen much worse examples out there. Yeah, well, well look, look, look at any your average WWE belt at this point. 
<laughs> yeah, the, the less said, the better on, on that front. Because, but, it, because it's just the same belt, just a different color strap every time yeah. anymore. But, but just to sort of get it back on track specifically, I do think, again, that it is a situation where I do think giving Shingo a four to five title defense reign here would be beneficial to the belt's credibility, as well as it would further just emphasize that, hey, Shingo Takagi is for real. He's just not well, like a one-hit wonder in one, a one-match kind of situation there. Because I do think that was the mistake they made with crowning Will Ospreay as early as they did at the expense of Kota Ibushi. Not well, that I... You know, I, again, we, I mean, you can't foresee what happened with Osprey, though. You can't foresee that. You really, you really can't. And I do agree with that, yes. But I do think that using Kota's first defense to immediately take the belt off of him in the process, we know that he technically did have one defense of double gold when uh, before the unification against El Desperado in that anniversary show. So, no, yeah, had, true. Had two, because there was yeah, Jay White, White, too, so... Oh yeah, no, you're correct on that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and yeah, and and, have... and a separate intercontinental defense against Naito. Don't forget mm-hmm. that. So, yeah, so he's had the separate defense, but I think for the new belt itself, people felt it was probably in poor form to just be a one and done kind of situation. But again, at this point, your bet's been made on the decisions that you made prior to this. Just there's an opportunity here, I think, to make this title mean something higher rather than it just being the joke of, oh, they should have never, you know, unified the belts to begin with. Uh, shtick that Okada pretty much ran into the ground on the build-up to this match. So Right. But, you know, it, I mean, he's not wrong, though. And, you know, to be fair, Okada, the character, has always been against unifying him. He, oh yeah, he, he, he's he, always, he didn't unless, even he didn't even want to do the double gold until he opened his big mouth and said, "Okay, let's put a dove vote," and it overwhelmingly won. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's very much a situation where Okada is like the personification of that. I don't like it when everything isn't about me meme that we see on the internet. Like, right. and that's very much the Rainmaker character, which is fine, and it works really well for the setup. And I think that's what made. Shingles win much more meaningful to an extent because he was the guy going, hey, as long as the title says IWGP on the front of it, that means it's the top, the cream of the crop, and I'm going to fight for that every time. Right, but you know, at the same time, remember, you recall from that initial vote, Okada was like, and who is the idiot that, that put this to a vote? Oh, yeah, it, you. it, it was me. You. It was me. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, at least he knows when he, at least he can recognize when he when he fucked up. Um, but again, you know, we're not out of the woods. We're getting out of the woods. I think, I hope so. There's clear signposts that maybe we're getting out of the woods. As far as what's going to happen regarding Okada, I think his big moments is going to be at the dome just because it will be the 10th anniversary of the Rainmaker character. I think they, I think they're going to make a deal out of this, which could mean he wins his third G1 climax this year. Which I'd be fine with. I think that there is room for Okada and Shingo to have an even better match. I just would like to hope that ideally they let him have some rest because his discs on his back are still not fully healed, even with COVID forcing him to sort of stay put for a couple of weeks. Like he needs a little more time. And I'd rather 
not see him be a guy that wrestles his way into the ground like 10 years too early. Which, like, let's face it, Okada's body of work over the past decade alone with the, not just the schedule that he's ran, which is not by any means like a grueling, like, 300-something days out of the year, like what World Wrestling Entertainment does, but to wrestle at his caliber, you know, your 30, 40-minute matches on big-time main events, main eventing house shows and stuff like that, I mean, it's going to take a toll on you if you're doing it for 10 years on the consistent. So, and we've been seeing that a lot over the course of 2021. Well, I mean, let's face it. I mean, let's not forget the first, the first half, the first, uh, Third of 2017, I think Gato was actually trying to kill Okada until he knew very nearly actually did. Because let's not forget, yeah. Okada was the one who took that Shibata headbutt. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, well, we were very fortunate that it wasn't two careers that ended on that night instead of the one. Let, right. Let's just put it that way. Um, I was gonna say something. Now I completely forgot what the fuck it was. God damn. Um. Yes. It was something it was something pertinent to, to everything and now I can't even Pro- I, remember. I would I would figure probably that the Okada win would have come at the dome had the original plan stayed together as it was. I think that was I, I think that was definitely the plan. Um uh, I mean I, I I think it's safe to say that that was the plan. Um you know, all that being said, you know, we're here now and you know we've got we've got tours coming up. Uh, we, we know the dates, uh, well, we, we know half of the cards for the Kazuna road tour that starts tomorrow is re- as we, re- um, mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, so, uh, there, there's, uh, you know, some title matches happening on those shows. Uh, we're going to get, you know, the, the comedy titles, uh, Goto Ishii and Yoshihashi against Evil Yujiro and Dick Togo, as we discussed. Uh, also, Sho and Yo, Rapongi 3K, up against Taiji Ishimori and El Fantasmo. Um, soon we should be getting uh, Ishimori uh, challenging Despi for the junior title because that was great when Ishimori just basically ate El Fantasmo's lunch when trying to challenge for it. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> There was that we do have at one point uh, on the 16th show at Corican Hall. We do have an elimination set match set up between Chaos and Bullet Club, and those elimination style matches do tend to be pretty fun. So be on the lookout for that. But I think the most exciting thing for me in this Kazuna Road tour is going to be Yuya Uemura and Yoritsuji finally getting their trial series. Yes. <laughs> Uh, thank you, Chris. Yes, because uh, I am excited for this. Uh, we we mm-hmm. love us. We've been waiting on this for we've been waiting on this for a while with the young lion. So it's gonna be exciting to happen. But I don't know, man. Like Yuya Uemura, I hope he survives night one of that because he's got Midoru Suzuki on deck for his very first match of the trial series. Yeah, he, yeah. Like, he is sure he going does. to leave alive after that? Because. Boy. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah, I mean Yuya gets like a lot of the 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 straight heels. I mean, uh Yoda gets, you know, Ibushi, Okada and Tanahashi. <laughs> Meanwhile, Uemura gets like Suzuki Gun. <laughs> yeah, Uemura is basically Suzuki Gun and, and great and great and great Okan. Yeah. He he is getting Hiroshi Tanahashi during this as well, but yeah, he's getting pretty much 4 out of 5 against straight up heels and yeah, respect And, and by the way, can we by the way, can we just say that at this point we just need to build the empire around Great Ocon? 
because mm-hmm. holy shit, has he been one of the joys of, of of this year of New Japan so far? Him, him, and Cobb have just been going all out on ever since basically doing the stuff with the Empire. So, and I have no doubt that Hinare, once he's back on his end of the spectrum too, that he's gonna kill it as well. But again. United Empire's one redeeming factor has been that everybody under Osprey has just overperformed in their respective roles and killed it accordingly. So yeah. more of that, absolutely. So yeah, but I am definitely looking forward to this uh, to this trial series. Um, we do get the Summer Struggle Tour after that. Uh, that that one's just all over the place. Um, with dates in Sapporo and Osaka and Nagoya, and then oh, a lot of Corican Hall too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yay um yeah because one thing we just can't get enough of is our shows at cork and hall um but i think uh at this point i think we also need to talk uh what's been going on with new japan folk both in other promotions and on uh on strong uh do you wh- which one do you want to take first strong or uh or other promotions i think I think we can talk the other promotion specifically because there is one big main event of that that's happened since we've podcasted last, which is John Moxley did get a fourth defense of the IWGP United States heavyweight title in, and that was not only against Yuji Nagata, whom he challenged personally for it, but that initial plans that were supposed to have it happen on NJPW Strong got moved around to where they had a opening feature match in AEW Dynamite at that Indeed. on TNT, making it Yuji Nagata's first appearance on TNT in 20-plus years. Yeah, since uh, 1998, actually. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was in, in 22 and change years. Yeah, it was... Yeah, that was a great match. I, I really... I mean, and it was definitely a New Japan-style match. It, it it did not fit with the rest of the that Dynamite card. It has to be mm-hmm. said. Yeah. It, but it was a great match. I mean, even... You know, they, they even had Ren Narita and... Um, they had Ren Narita and... and uh, well, no, 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 no. Ren Narita and Eddie Kingston as the seconds in that match. And they didn't even get involved with the match at all, you know? They was just... Yeah, true. They, 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 act, seconds, they actually yeah. ad, ad, acted their roles, you know? <laughs> Mm-hmm. But yeah, that that match was was great, it, especially with you know the reveal of of the new Moxley theme. They got Wild Thing first by the Trogs, and then they went and got the the version by X that you know Atsushi Onita uses. Mm-hmm. Or for those who aren't familiar with Atsushi Onita, which honestly you should, but in case you're not, uh, if you've watched uh, Major League at any point in your lives, then you'll remember that particular version of Wild Thing playing when Ricky Vaughn came out near the end of the movie. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the uh, e- even though we did not get uh, Shooter in... Now, there was, also supposed to be, there was also a tag match on Strong that had uh, Nagata and Narita against Moxley, and it was Chris Dickinson. It was supposed to be Shooter. Mm-hmm. But yep, for some reason, of, it, it didn't happen because of injury, I think. But um, yeah, it, it was. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, Shota was injured at the time, which explains a bit of the timetable as to why he hasn't been around. But I think it's as good of a lead up to go into two things here. The first one being that in those same AW tapings during the course of that week, we did eventually get a Rocky Romero appearance on Dark Elevation as well as 
a Ren Narita match in it against Royce Isaacs, who has done some work for Japanese promotions before. He's been in DDT a couple of times before in the past. So and he's been on. Be and he's been on. He's a guy. And he's been on Strong too. So yeah, exactly. So yeah, don't be surprised if you see more of him on Strong within coming weeks and months and stuff because he is a. As far as I know, he does wrestle within California very frequently nowadays. So, right. yeah, don't be surprised if you see him. Well, yeah, part of the, the, the West Coast Wrecking Crew. Yeah, so. yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. But also, um, this little mini unit uh, that, that Moxley has built around him of Eddie Kingston, <laughs> Chris Dickinson, and Shooter, all in different companies, of course, but, you know... Mm-hmm. But but it gets it gets you thinking. Hey, if you ever need a full fledged foreigner Death Riders faction with uh, a, a specific talent of yours and Shooter kind of playing a part in it, hey, it's all the seeds are already there in place to get that done. Uh, it should be also said that uh, Ref Pro did tease that this coming summer Shooter's going to be back in action with them with a little like one minute trailer, like with some of his highlights, which hooray, because we can get this continuation of this excursion for him that has been on halt probably because of injuries as well as the pandemic. So can, can we just say that the, the juxtaposition of him wearing those white and pink Tanahashi like tights, but also holding the death riders jacket, the duality of shooter, bro. The best, <laughs> the absolute best. It is awesome. I, I no, I love it. I think it's and he uses Death Rider in, uh, in, in that. In, if you watch that that trailer, he was actually using Death Rider too. Mm-hmm. Fantastic, a, a it, nice little touch altogether. It is fantastic. What if one? What if one day on Dynamite, it is Shooter that makes the save for Moxley one time. <laughs> you think? You think he'll? You think he'll hug his his, his Japanese son? <laughs> I don't know, man. Probably. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Do you see? Did you see that you know, w- w- some of the comments that came out when uh, when when they announced the shooter was coming back, and somebody says, "Oh, I guess Renee had did Renee have her baby already." <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Uh... Damn. <laughs> no, you cannot bring. <laughs> no, you cannot bring Shota Umino home. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> Are you sure about that? Yeah, please, I'll feed him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, uh, Satoshi Kojima, and I didn't. I still haven't looked at the results from last night. I guess last night uh, he was on Impact. He, Satoshi Kojima debuted in Impact, um, going up against his old foe from All Japan, Joe Doring. Mm-hmm. Um, now he wasn't around when. New Japan was working with with TNA the first time because he was still in All Japan back then. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this actually was his debut. I still haven't. I didn't even look at the result yet. Let's... Yeah, uh, Doring did beat Kojima with a uh, spinning sit-out power bomb. Okay, well that that'll be the, uh, the first time Doring's ever beat Kojima. Then mm-hmm. I think they only had like one t- one singles match, and it was for the Triple Crown. And uh, yeah, Kojima. Retain that one. Oh, yep. There we go. Oh, it was only a 10-minute match. Dang. Oh, well. I think it's because I believe they're building Doring as, like, this unstoppable monster for whatever faction he's in now. 
kind yeah, of thing. Violent, which, by, violent case, by Design, which also features Eric Young, Rhino, and Cody Deaner. All right, well, fair. If Doring's going to be the monster of that faction, cool, good for him. I'm glad he's getting well. He, well, he and Rhino, well, he and Rhino took the tag belts off of Finjuice. Oh, all right, fair enough. So yeah, so I mean, yeah, they're like cycling. They're like cycling. Uh, uh, tag, uh, <laughs> they're, they're cycling tag champions. tag champions. I guess they're they're doing a Freebirds rule here because Cody Deaner and Rhino retained the tag belts against uh, Black Total uh, Roos and okay. Crazy Steve later in the night. Gotcha. Okay. Um. Oh yeah, and you'll be shocked to know Kenny Omega retained the Impact World Title against Moose. You'll be shocked. Dun dun dun. Shocking off. Who, who Anyways. What Back you... to New Japan Strong, though. Yeah. Because there's been some interesting performances there, I feel. Um, I do think that from what little I have seen, Hikaleo's been getting much better. Like, he's looking really impressive with some of the stuff that he's been doing there. He actually has um, been, yeah. But, it has to be said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Leo Rush, I mean, the news with him has been very interesting because he did announce officially over the course of this past week that he is going to be uh, retiring due to a shoulder injury that he sustained at AEW's Double or Nothing when he debuted in the Casino Battle Royale. He did mention that he's going to finish his commitments with New Japan because those are like contractual obligations that he's got to fulfill. So once that's done, that he'll be retiring, which there's been talks of him doing that before initially when he left WWE at first, but then it was more just an extended break that he took before coming back. But who knows, man? Like if he, if this injury is as serious as it is, and he just decides that, hey, I've got a, other avenues on how I can sustain uh, my family and things like that, then you know, do what you got to do, man. Like thank yeah. you for your time. Yeah, I mean that's us. yeah, I mean that's my thing too. Is I, I mean he has said this before, so who knows? I mean and we all know how permanent re- wrestling uh, retirements are in wrestling. Mm-hmm, <laughs> a lot true. of times so um but also let's you know also you know uh the 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 face turn of chris dickinson was interesting mm-hmm. you know we, which we were already heading there when you know he, he teamed with mox you know even though he was still no, you know technically not just part of prior to that healthy, you know yeah and then also also the fact that he aligned himself with Brody King, Tony Deppin, and Homicide and Ring of Honor as Violence Unlimited right. as part of it. And Brody King's been feuding with Team, Team Filthy on the New Japan side for a while. So that was kind of a natural breakup there, which led into uh, Tom Lawler and Chris Dickinson fighting for the Strong Openweight Championship, which Tom Lawler did win in the tournament. So yep. Dickinson was his first defense of the title in that process. So natural progression there, which works out. And it's all right. Yeah. Um, also having, also featuring recently on Strong, uh, the likes of Fred Yehi and Wheeler, Utah. Yeah. So Good for them. Yeah, They've definitely. been around for a while, so it's nice to see them getting a little bit of a, a spotlight here by being able to do these shows. And Wheeler, Utah should be said, I believe he is the current uh, IWTV champion as well. Oh, wow. So, uh one thing I do need to bitch about regarding uh, NJPW Strong is that uh, what the fuck are you doing with Clark Connors? <laughs> because uh, it, I mean, it was I, bad. And it I was, he's graduated now, and yeah. But just... first of all, his, his finisher name 
is trophy kill, which is, uh, yeah, not a good look, y'all. But also, it's now, as of this past episode, it's it's come to pass, his nickname is White Rhino. Which... Uh, What are you doing? I'm just thinking to myself, like, somewhere out there, Dave and Lee are going to be listening to this and going, oh, fuck, it's the White Thunder thing with Scott Steiner all over I, again. You know, I even mentioned that on the blog, that even Scott Steiner abandoned that pretty early, you know? Yeah, guys, yeah, sure come on. How much input, yeah, I, I'm not sure how much input Connors had on the main choice of the finisher and, like, the nickname and whatnot, but I do think that it is very much like the... It's a little bit on the tasteless end of the spectrum, so ideally they change it, but if they don't, we're not going to be that surprised because, because New Japan does have a track record sometimes of just being, like... Blueless? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 had to be, they had to be shamed into not using Marty Skrull. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Boy. I mean, it, it, if anybody wants to ever accuse us of being just shameless shills for New Japan... You're barking up the exact wrong tree, my friends, because we, we we call bullshit when warranted. Yeah, we've had to tell on ourselves from time to time, too, so that just goes to show you, so... Well, yeah, I mean, exactly. I I, I, I will fully cop when I, I, I have acted a fool, you know? And, 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 you know, somebody tried to bring that up the other day, too, you know, the, the other week, too. It's like, yeah, fuck. Look, it was Vic Venom Bites, so, you know, who the fuck cares? Yeah, fuck, fuck that guy. There was something else, too, that... Oh, oh, yeah, the guy... Oh, yeah, so... Somebody else went after me about... Um, because I thought that the, the, uh, the, uh, the Ibushi Osprey match was too long. Which, hey, guess what? The Ibushi Osprey match was too fucking long. And it's, it was and, like, and, oh, yeah, right. I do remember. It was the guy that pointed out oh, the whole, like, well, you don't understand the psychology of this. I'm like, the, the story. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't follow the story. What? <laughs> match doesn't need to be 40 minutes to tell a story. I'm sorry. John Moxley and Eugene Nagata told a whole ass epic in less than eight minutes, y'all. You know? Just, you know? I just think those are just sort of statements where it's like, I get that you may have liked the match and you're trying to defend it, and that's your prerogative. You can enjoy the match. Like, if that match was enjoyable to you, no matter how long it went, cool. Uh, I'm glad you got enjoyment out of it, but don't be that person that sits around just blindly saying, oh, well, you just didn't understand this, this, and that, and acting like some sort of fucking intellectual, which uh, yeah, it, a like... lot of the problem with wrestling fans is that we do get trapped in some of these arguments sometimes when it comes to the things that we like to where like an automatic uh insult is to go for somebody's like intelligence or appreciation of a certain match and acting like they just don't know any better when odds are good that they do but they just enjoy something different than you do which is fine you know which is fine i have never i have never gone after anybody's taste in wrestling I am going to say what I think about a particular match, and I thought that you know uh, both main event matches at at the Dominion, at, at, not Dominion, um, Dontaku, Dontaku, were um, I, I thought they were too long. Now I did not think that the Dominion main it, it didn't feel like thirty six minutes to me. 
No, it, it did I not. To me, it did not. It was one of the benefits. Yeah, it was one of the benefits of it. I felt where it didn't feel like thirty-six minutes, but I could also see how some people probably looked at it and where each one of those minutes might have dragged for them until like the end stretch or something like that, which is understandable. So yeah. it is what it is. But we've been advocates more often than not that main events don't need to go. 35, 40 minutes every single major show. Like, like you can go Wrestle Kingdom, I Wrestle Kingdom or a G1 climax final. I get, you know, it's like okay, yeah, that that that's where you do it. But and Dominion, you know, Dominion's supposed to be the second biggest show of the of the year. Uh, you wouldn't have known it from this card, of course, but you know, just look looking at this card, but. Um, yeah, there, uh, yeah. There, there, there's an old insult that front that uh, that Lawrence O'Brien made us aware of from la last year. I, I keep wanting to incorporate it. I can't. I can't ever find a, a place to incorporate it. It was, you know, for, uh, the thing about Will Osprey. Where's your podcast? <laughs> <laughs> if you remember that shit. Oh boy. Oh my goodness. Yeah, as if that, as if that gives you a, a, a license, you know. <laughs> Trust me, it doesn't. I, I, I do three podcasts. It doesn't give you a life. <laughs> and and, and, and uh, non-binary folk. It does not give you a license in any way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I think we've covered everything. Have we? I think so. At, at this point, yeah, it's just mainly uh, we're going for Kazuna Road. We've covered the majority of the main matches, the trial series the title matches that are going to be happening, and we're still going to be waiting on announcements for everything from the June 26th card in Miyagi onwards. So yeah. we'll probably be back with you around the time that Summer Struggle really kicks off more than anything. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. Yeah, it'll be, you know, after the 4th of July, that 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 period. But, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, we're, we're not planning to take another hiatus. It's just, I mean, let's face it, New Japan was kind of a drag for a little bit. And then, um, you know, it, it was kind of a drag. And, and we have covered New Japan when it was a drag. And long-time listeners will recall we nearly didn't make it out of the other out the other end mm -hmm. <laughs> when that happened. But, well, I think if there's one thing we learned from that period is just to pace ourselves accordingly. We'll get to it when we get to it, even if it means we might be late on some of these tours and have to sort of cover a previous tour and a little bit of the current one. If that's the case, it is what it is, but we're not going to burn ourselves accordingly to the point where we might nearly get ourselves fired again like that one time. <laughs> you know that one time. <laughs> but I think this is as good of a time as any to just go ahead and plug ourselves. Yeah, I mean, let's face it. The blog is, I mean, I'm still going to do the blog either way. I am vaguely thinking about at, at maybe at a future at a future point, expanding the scope of the blog and maybe changing the name of it too, um, to cover more because you know what I, I I've you know for, we've been for those, watching more. I've, I've been, watching, been watching, watching a little bit more during this pandemic. Yeah, I've been watching more. I've been writing more about mm -hmm. about more uh, Japanese. In fact, I, I am now you know a, a a paid professional writer of wrestling. <laughs> Um, Indeed, and, 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 and you and, did and, write a very good uh, Moodle piece there at one point talking about the GHC heavyweight title reign that was at one point here yeah. up until about a week and a half ago at this yeah. point. Yeah, but mostly it was about, you know, his, his 
Mudo's 2001 because, you know, when he really revitalized, you know, when he really rejuvenated himself. I mean, my God, I mean, he, the man's had like, what, three second wins <laughs> in his wrestling career? Mm-hmm. But I mean, and, and and another piece is coming up uh, too, so stay tuned to the blog because uh, I will, of course, be plugging it there like mad. But um, yeah, I, I'm going to be having a piece about a uh, about the champion of another company soon. I'll I'll leave you to uh, discern which one that will be, but it will not be in New Japan. So because, well, anyway, let's as Chris said, let's get to the plugs. Chris, go ahead. Cool. So for me, you can find me through Twitter and Instagram on the personal end of the spectrum at Brazilian Fury, Brazilian with an S instead of a Z on both. You can also find my other podcast, Soundtracks on the Sticks. Uh, that's on Twitter at Sounds on Sticks. That particular podcast is under the Night of the Living Geeks podcasting network. So you can search for Night of the Living Geeks pretty much on any major podcast platforms. You're going to be able to find it through there. Uh, We do have another episode coming up. I've just finished the editing on that last night. So I just need to basically post it sometime within the next couple of days. And it's going to be on Mega Man X. So me, Jordan, and another friend of ours basically spent about an hour or so just talking about that particular soundtrack and sort of how much of a game changer it was for that Super Nintendo era, era in its time. So uh, look forward to that. Uh, you did get my request for a uh, for a future episode, right? I believe so, but just remind me again on Twitter in that case so we can get that booked up accordingly to get it done because we definitely need like to schedule like episode 7, 8, and so on and so forth until okay. we get to like some of the ones that we need to get to. So yeah, by all right. means, just hit But also, you, you forgot to plug something else you're doing. My, my, my good sir. Oh, yes, of course. My apologies. It's been uh, quite a couple of busy weeks. I have also been part of another special project that we started here on the PWOM uh, network called The Cast and the Furious, where uh, I have teamed up with a couple of, you know, wonderful scoundrels from the other side of the hemisphere in Dave Ryan and Jack Lizell uh, from Days of Thunder and Link to the Cast, respectively. So, yeah, and we're covering the Fast and the Furious movie franchises. We've done the first episode of that. That's already posted on PWOM covering uh, Fast and Furious and Too Fast, Too Furious. We should be recording sometime next week for Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift and the Fast and Furious, which is Fast and Furious War, basically. So right. Well, I think you, you you're not gonna make it in time to 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 for the uh, for no for the not not for nine. Old. No, we but, we figured we're not making it in time for nine, but we're still gonna go through them regardless. So who I mean, knows? And, and that's there might be and even, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there might be even like another special episode after Hobbs and Shaw online for us then in that circumstance. So it's a wait and see approach. Fair enough. And then meanwhile, you can find me at strong style story without the E in style on Twitter. Uh, the blog is at strong style As I mentioned, I am doing more actual paid wrestling writing. So uh, stay tuned to the blog for announcements for that. Also, you can find me on at least two other shows here on the PWOM Podcast Network, including the weekly Boom Goes the Dynamite. Uh, assuming AEW doesn't kill me with their constant schedule changes this past month or so, um, uh, myself and Paul Sebastian cover the weekly uh, AEW Dynamite and, you know, the, the pay-per-views when they happen. And then also... Uh, on a, every two to three weeks, uh, there's busting balls where uh, myself and John Arnold uh, take the piss out of the beautiful game 
Um, Chris, any last words, brother? Well, I guess not. So, uh, <laughs> Chris is gone. I wait. I actually do. Uh, my oh. apologies. I, oh. I figured out my microphone was muted there for a second, the first time that I did this all day. So be proud of me for that. Uh, I would say specifically for those who are watching the Euro 2020 tournament in 2021 because pandemic and such, enjoy that because it looks like there's been a couple of fun games already. An unfortunate, scary situation there. Um, yesterday's uh, game of Denmark and Finland, which thankfully didn't end up as bad as it could have been. But overall, enjoy that tournament if you are watching it. Yeah, Euro 2020 Asterix has been uh, has been a great watch so far, and of course, all of our you know good wishes towards Christian Eriksen. Um, yeah, as, as he recovers after his uh, his cardiac arrest yesterday on the pitch. So, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, so we, we all hope for the best for him. So, all right. Well, until then, uh, we will be back around the time of summer struggle and we will go over Kazuna road and, and see, uh, just how new Japan is progressing now in, in, after, uh, the, the, the couple of weeks of, of nothing but debacles. So, uh, until then take care. Uh, goodbye.